Whoa, care, turn it down. I don't know. <laughs> this is bad. Ketchup on pancakes. Episode 2. Ingredients listed. Hey Bree. Just thought I would send you a message with the written details of an outline for ketchup on pancakes. Episode number two. Written message. Ingredients list or ingredients list. Ketchup. Link. We started the ketchup on pancakes. Ketchup. 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 <laughs> I walk into the house and it's. <laughs> I know, because you have a braille display, so you're silent. Yeah, but I also use an iPhone and I have those That's the crazy chaos. sounds. That's the chaos of our heads. Sometimes it just drives you nuts. Anyway, I, we're I back. I find it drives you nuts more, though, when it's, it's when it's when I hear yours. Yeah. Making that the it's noise. Like, it's like when, when I'm, I'm eating it. and I hear someone else eating, sometimes the sound of the other person can be so annoying, whereas not really that bad when i hear myself eating yeah i think there's a lot of things like that with people that happen well and there's always such things headphones but with voiceover it's just it's it's how most people who are blind and have an iphone or a macbook do it or there's jaws on windows yeah we can't forget jaws job access with speech just kind of a weird acronym hey everybody welcome back so we're back i don't know how we made it back it's been like what over two months it was in near the end of june i think i don't know i don't i don't know dates but yeah we were gonna check that and we didn't so if uh we have no idea how long it's been at least either way i know we posted the could be two months we were working on the first like posting the first one on july 8th because i went to toronto and saw blue jay game and we had trouble posting it at first for some reason because we didn't verify an email and then we got it posted though but and I took a while to edit the first one, so it must have been June. Well, it all really takes time. I don't yeah, know how these people crank out a podcast every week once you get faster and faster. Well, if you have a setup and you know what you're doing, well, you kind of have it, you get in a, you get in a groove. Well, we made it back, and it's actually, technically Carrie, it's September, right? Carrie's back and better than ever. <laughs> you might know that <laughs> phrase from her if you follow her blogs and... But yeah, it is almost September. Well, yeah, it's is it, it's not midnight yet, is it? Basically, it's pretty much pretty much midnight. So we're back on September first, and we have pop filters. I don't know. Most people probably do. People know what that is. I don't know. Ask them. Well, I can't right now. But you could explain it for people who don't know. P b b p. You sounded kind of poppy in my ear there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're these weird screen things. They kind of. It's a windscreen. It's supposed wind to. Windscreen, yeah. You can just put your finger in front of your mouth when you talk, too, and that should stop it. Would have been cheaper. Yeah, these weren't that expensive, though. <laughs> they were more expensive than you made that you said at first they were going to be. But cheaper than buying a new mic entirely. Anyhow. Well, I'm. Co- I thought we'd call this episode episode two ingredients listed because. Well, I don't know. Are you good at following, like ingredients, a list of ingredients when you're trying to cook? You don't do that, do you? I need to. I want to start more. Well, there's I, so many recipes online these days, and so it shouldn't be that hard. I have the ingredients I add to stuff. We made. Carrie was here for a couple of days. We were going to do this podcast, and we finally started like two days after she got here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we made chili yesterday, and there was a lot of ingredients in that. That I well, I've been here a couple of days, but it took us that long to make the uh, the cooking segment to piece it all together. That's coming up later in the show today. 
I guess we could find someone to announce what the show, who's on the, what's on the show today, but we don't really have those resources to tap into right now. Wait, what? <laughs> you know, certain, you shows, lost me there. certain shows get someone to announce who's on the show today. Not that we have any big guests today or anything. Yeah, it's you and I. That'll be on episodes to come. But I just meant what's, if people want to know what to expect on this episode. It's called Ingredients Listed. And so I thought we could talk about ingredients, uh, such as the ingredients in the pancakes that inspire this podcast. Right? We said this, we said we're not going to have cooking segments per se. You talking syrup? <laughs> well, that is one of the ingredients of pancakes sometimes, but not ours. But I would like to thank everybody so far who listened to episode one and who liked our Facebook page because we don't have a website or anything. That's just the best place to contact us right now on Facebook. So thanks for the the likes. But uh, ingredients list. So there is the ingredients in pancakes. So coming up, there's going to be a little segment on on how little it is. (laughs) Uh, Ingredients list for pancakes. But... First of all, I just wanted to ask you, sort of a bit of a test, Brad. Do you know what the ingredients, I figure, the ingredients of this podcast are? There's three. Can you name them? Um, yeah. H- humor, family, and... Um, uh, I know the last one. Family, humor, and... Creativity. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. Those are the three ingredients for our podcast. What do I win? I don't know. Beer. What? I don't know. (laughs) Well, anyway, so, and we thought we'd share Don't Look Back, which is a song, because people like music. So I thought we could talk about the ingredients that go into making a song. I guess I'd call it making a song from scratch. Just because a song doesn't exist and all of a sudden, presto, there's this awesome thing that wasn't there before. Pesto. Presto. Well, you're talking spices here. No, presto. Presto changeo. Anyway, how do you think the first podcast went? I know you, you got a bit of feedback from people. Just wonder what you thought. Yeah, not many people listen to it, but some did. <laughs> don't don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Like, how many people did you want to listen to the oh, first well, episode? I don't, I'm doing it for me, not for the people. <laughs> but good. Um, yeah, some people listened, and I think they liked it. Oh, I almost yawned there, but I held back because I yawned a lot in the first one. It's it's funny to me. Like you have your signature thing now. Everybody, pretty much everybody that I talk to who had an opinion or thought after listening to the podcast, they mentioned the yawning thing. So it's like, I mean, I guess you could tell if you're faking a yawn, but it's pretty much a thing you have to, that people are expecting from you now. But again, you're not doing this for people. So. I don't think anyone's waiting with bated breath for me to yawn. <laughs> oh, come on. I bet they are. No. Some people you were are. sort of baffled by it. Other people just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then it's the whole, is yawning... S- mean you're sleepy or does it mean you're bored or is it just exactly and i know you and i know that's not what i meant for you but somebody hearing it maybe might have thought that i don't know well i'm having a grand old time tonight so yeah you haven't yawned no yawns in sight there won't be well i'm for one i'm glad that summer's over but that's just me tomorrow is or today technically is september and that's that's the month where all I eat is apples, so I'm looking forward to that. But anyway, we, we spent one of the last days, which you seem to think would be the last one of your last days on a patio, and I wasn't a fan because there were bees, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah, we kind of got up, and <laughs> the our waitress waitress already went in to get our bills, so she came out, and then well, she wouldn't let us come in and pay at the bar. <laughs> My friend's scared of bees. Carrie's scared of bees. Is he scared of bees too? Yeah, but he's terrified of bees. Really? Yeah. He oh, seems yeah. so cool and calm and collected compared to me. No, he was terrified. <laughs> I'm serious. Really? Yeah. Well, he was going on about 
all of a sudden he brings it up that the only thing about patios is in this weather patties like this are when there's plants and flowers because there's bees and then apparently there'd been one on me before he we'd even brought it up and then all of a sudden by the end of the meal there was a bee on your beer glass and then there was one on me and I hopped up because I just get really spazzy when I know there's bees around well it's not like they were buzzing everywhere they were pretty quiet that's how they get dopey that's how they get at you well, they're probably upset like me that it's winter soon before we know it. They want to get all the stinging of humans in that they can. I don't think they'd sting. They're probably bumblebees. They don't sting, right? No, well, I think they can. But they don't, generally. Anyway, I just did some art recently, and I actually, one <laughs> of them... This is a topic jumping Well, no, one of the pictures here. I did was just some black marker and some yellow marker, so I was going to call it honeybee, but I didn't. Did you know that honeybees are black and yellow? No, I well, I know black. Black is pretty dark, but so it's a mixture of dark and bright yellow. Is yellow bright? Yeah, like always. Like always. Yeah. Well, no, honeybees are like I think they're like striped. So there's a black stripe, then a yellow stripe, then a black stripe, then a yellow stripe. But I like yellow and black because those are the two, especially in my pack of markers at my disposal. They're yellow's the pretty much the lightest color, and black is the darkest color. This is just kind of a, quite the contrast. But anyway, I just I was going to call the picture a honeybee just because it I didn't try to draw about a honeybee, but um, that's just what it made me think of. Or I was going to call it HB. HB. Strings and strums and sounds and drums. Okay, so today I'm going to premiere a solo composition that I wrote. I have dreams to release a solo album someday, and this song kind of got that kick-started. I'll probably include it on that album if it ever comes out. We'll see, I guess. I've written solo stuff in the past, for sure, and done some rough recordings and stuff, but this is kind of the first official produced song, and I was pretty happy with it. I heard it a lot working on it and recording and engineering it and all that, so... It's like anything, if you hear it a lot, it kind of gets like that, but I'm still really proud of it, and yeah, give it a listen right now. It's called Don't Look Back. There are days I can't let you go, something lost to be found. Wandering through fog, a forest for the trees. I'm searching. Refuse to come back All the while I'm remembering 
You are listening to Ketchup on Pancakes, episode two. And that was Don't Look Back. Okay, I'm just doing a stupid radio DJ thing. But anyway, I just wanted to quick mention who was involved in that production. On lead vocals was Imogen Wass. On drums, Andrew McIntyre. The lyrics were written by who else but Carrie Kajewski, sitting across from me right now, smiling. And I... Wait, how'd you know I was smiling? I just guessed. Maybe you're frowning. And I wrote the music. Um, I came up with the melody for the lyrics kind of on a keyboard. And I wrote the, the main guitar part. And acoustic guitar, electric guitar, and bass guitar. And Carl Mathis mixed and mastered the song. Um, I also I mixed it originally, and he did some additional mixing, and then mastered mastered it as well. Wait, what's mastering? Because I don't think most people know. I didn't know before this. It's kind of hard to explain. It's yeah. Can you be brief enough? Yeah. Well, it's very it's very slight, very slight adjustments. It sort of it just sort of fills things out a little bit. You can do some tiny EQ adjustments. Just things to sort of balance out the entire song. That's equalizer, right? Like, yeah, make things sort of. It's different frequencies being adjusted in the mix. But it's this kind of thing that it brings us a new pair of ears to the production because I spend a lot of hours mixing it. So, as you said, that sort of. But the weird thing is, like, it's something I thought of too. Is all this work that gets put into a song like this that most people just get to enjoy the finished product and they hear it on the radio or wherever they hear it. And you have no, you really have no clue how much work goes into these sort of things. And it depends what you're doing. Some some productions you can put, they aren't as produced. Or oh you yeah, sort of some can be just a co- basic together, acoustics. Pretty much any any official album that's released yeah. anywhere is mastered. It's kind of the mastered. final step that goes into it before it's pressed just onto that name. vinyl. Or mastered. It sounds pretty official. Mm-hmm. But I'm not quite that far yet. I guess I haven't done enough mixing and working on stuff to be a mastering engineer which would be kind of neat but I also love mixing so Mm -hmm. and my mix was a bit different Carl's just sort of replaced some of the reverb with different quality better quality reverbs and did some slight adjustments in the mixing as well and then also mastered it so when did you start writing don't look back well I had some I won't get into it now I'm sure it'll come up in a later episode but I had some craziness go go down at the end of last year. I was in the hospital for a while, and it had a pretty big effect on my life. And from that, I don't know. For some, I get a bit of a feeling of this song. I think some of the inspiration and ideas came from that. It sort of worked out ironically that the lyrics that Carrie wrote sort of kind of tie into those experiences that I've had in the past and things that have happened. But yeah, I just remember getting home after being away for a few weeks and kind of reevaluating life and a lot of different kind of deeper things. Well, it had been right at the new year, plus, um, you know, unexpected things happening in your life that make you reevaluate or be thankful for what you have. Or True that. See things in a new light, I guess. I remember coming up with the main acoustic part on the sitting on the couch here where I am right now actually. And it kind of developed from there. It was for a school assignment. Originally it was just an idea I had here. I didn't even put it to that assignment, but once that, Oh, really? Once we were assigned that project, I kind of thought, "Oh, I have this idea I could expand on that." And it took a while. I had to send a demo in just so he knew we that my professor knew we were making some progress. So I just did a quick iPhone demo one night. I recorded about seven or eight takes until I found one I was kind of happy with. And then there were no vocals or lyrics or anything. It was just guitar parts because that's what I'm most comfortable with. And that's kind of how I start a lot of songs off. And originally I just had the verse and chorus, which, and bridge actually. But the verse and chorus are the same chord progression, just A and C. So the chorus has a different melody. So it kind of distinguishes it from the verses but the fact that there's the same chord progression is cool I thought it was kind of neat it kept things simpler than I do sometimes 
but it also I thought might be a bit repetitive. So just kind of on a whim, on one of the later takes I did for this demo I just previously mentioned, I came up with a little pre-chorus, which is sort of a, it bridges the verse into the chorus. And I just, I kind of thought it needed, the song needed something else. And on one of the last takes, typical me, it wasn't an official assignment, but it was, he did want it by midnight and it was like 11, <laughs> quarter after 11 or something. And I just came up with this other chord progression. You're a master procrastinator. Yeah, yeah. I can, that's the only thing I can. I'm the master. I'm the mastering procrastinator. But anyhow, anywho. So then, how did you? Then how did you go about finding the musicians and the everybody who's involved in this song that you mentioned previously? Well, it was kind of a mix of things because for the drummer, I already pretty much knew when I had this assignment that. If I used any drummer, it would be my friend Andrew. He's been a friend for over 10 years now, and he kind of exemplifies how some musicians are very modest and others aren't. He's He'll always say, oh, listening to my drum playing sounds like microphone feedback, and I ruined this and this song, and it I could have done better and all that. So he's very critical of it. Which, in some ways, makes for a good musician. Um, it's good to have a balance, I guess. But Whereas some people are a bit more full of themselves, I guess, and come across yep. that way. Yeah, I pretty much knew I'd use him for the drumming, just based on that. And then, for vocals, I really had no idea who I was going to ask. And then, through music industry arts, we had to put on this show called Share the Land. And through that... There were some, I was in second year at that time. There were some first years involved. It was mainly a second year production, that Share the Land concert. But the one um, performance that a couple of my friends were in, they had some backup singers. And it just sort of happened by chance, right place, right time. I met Imogen through that. And when I was trying to think of a vocalist, I thought it would be nice to have female vocals on this, give it a nice smooth sound to it and I just thought of her so I sent her a message and right away she said sure I'd love to and it all kind of just stemmed from there and all worked, worked out, out great. and she was definitely put effort into it and took it seriously and yeah she just seems to be right for the the tone we wanted for the song there are days I can't let you go something lost to be found Wandering through fog, a forest for the trees I'm searching Bright, shocking are the flashes Something out there, this I know I really appreciated that and hope to, hope to work with her again on a lot of hard future work projects by everybody but Yeah, a lot, a lot goes into it and Best drummer perfect vocalist for the job and then i had my mix and i was happy with it and that's what i actually submitted for the the final mark which you didn't win it was a contest kind of thing or yeah there were awards at the end of the year but we assumed you should have won of course whatever awards schmords yeah i couldn't rhyme awards yeah i just went ward schmords i did my mixing i put quite a few hours into it because i'm really trying to that's one of the main reason I went, reasons I went to school was for engineering and mm-hmm. practice with that. But then I knew there was a, a guy in my program, Aunt Carl, and he... Whoa. Sorry. Did you do that? Yeah, sorry. That's okay. What was that? <laughs> Just hit the microphone stand. Yeah. Um, Carl's in my program, and I knew he was had a lot of quite a bit of experience with recording and mixing and stuff like that and he was also he also has a mastering website and so i figured i would ask him what's his website oh, i have to look it up oh, i'm sorry you can look him up carl mathis m-a-t-t-h-e-s we'll put this all these links on the yeah facebook we'll put them page. on the facebook but if you look up carl mathis mastering you'll find it on google or the internet and so i knew you'd do that and i just figured you know pay he gave a good deal on it, especially because we were in this program too. We got a discount. So I figured might as well get a, a second 
set of ears on this and generally he just masters stuff but he will mix some stuff as well so he did a bit of both with me and it was a really good experience he let me sit in a couple times and he was always saying oh if there's anything you want adjusted or something that you think i did that you don't like let me know and we got to go through certain parts and discuss what he had done what what he added so it was a good learning experience and it was just an extra step after the fact after everything was kind of done i just figured oh, i might as well take advantage of the these um opportunities i have in the program and it's all the people you meet in these situations yeah so then what made you take the chance to ask me to write the lyrics well when we were assigned this project it was specified that it could be any genre but it had to have a, some sort of a hook some sort of a chorus verse chorus sort of standard structure pretty much nothing too experimental and it had to have vocals it couldn't be instrumental I've never really written lyrics. I kind of want to someday, but I've just never, I'm not the greatest at that. Maybe I could be, but either way, I know my sister's into writing and she has her blog and it's a big thing for her. And she'd never written lyrics. She's, she loves music. She's a huge fan of music, but isn't a musician per se. So I thought it would give her an opportunity to contribute and I needed lyrics, and I didn't have anyone... It's pretty convenient, right? Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know. We were just sitting here last winter, the one day, and we just sort of started kicking around this idea that we could we could give it a try. And, you know, we both had no idea how it was going to work out. I guess we just figured I would uh, give it a try, and if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But I'm glad it did, because it was... Re- a really great experience. What was the inspiration for the lyrics that you wrote? I I had no idea since this was my first uh, experience writing lyrics. So I just, I basically listened to the music you'd come up with at the time. I listened to it a couple times and I just, I guess I waited for a feeling, which is the, it's what good music can do. It just brings up feelings for everybody. I just listened for what that sounded like for me for this particular song. And then I guess, yeah, I just, I guess I tried to approach it as if, as if I was writing a poem, which I don't have. That's not my main uh, gift as far as writing, but I do like to write poetry on occasion. So I just, I looked at it that way. And so I just thought up some basic, very basic lines that could be considered catchy as far as music's concerned, something repetitive for the chorus. And, yeah, and I guess it must have just been on my mind at the time, which is a common thought I often have about how you, which is what I've been doing a lot this past year specifically. Writing lyrics is one of those things where I wanted to try something new, something I've always wanted to do. So there's been a lot of that, my violin I've started playing with my writing and now with lyrics. So I just thought, how do you balance looking forward and looking, focusing on the future and, and, you know, trying new things with not getting stuck in the past and all these things that you can't control. And one big thing for me is, is the sight I've lost in the last 15, 20 years. Another one is, Whenever you lose somebody you love or care about, either the end of a relationship or or if a family member passes away. So there's a lot of those kind of things that are kind of out of your control. And and how much sight I've lost in the last 20 years has sort of been out of my control. So at a certain point, you can't focus on that. you got to move forward in life. But So I just thought it's an interesting concept to explore, but, you know, not looking back. But yet certain things, depending on the day or the the mood you're in, threaten to pull you down again. So, and I also, I like the concept of the back of my mind's eye because I still see see things in my own mind, even though my eyes aren't seeing anymore. So there's things like that. And then bringing into it, I guess, there I spy, which is one of the lines from the song, made me think of 
I Spy with My Little Eye, which is a game you might not think two blind kids would play with their grandparents, but we used to play that when we were young. And we always adapted the game so that it was something that starts with the letter B or P or whatever. (laughs) Anyway, so don't look back. Um, I Spy. A lot of metaphors for blindness. I had fun exploring a lot of that. Now, one of the lines specifically that I liked was the wandering through fog, a forest for the trees. And I was just curious kind of what what that came from, if, if that had to do with sight and that kind of thing. It was just a good, seemed like a good metaphor. And I like thinking about nature and that yeah. kind of stuff. Well, that was part of it. I like to take something concrete like, you know, the woods or something very natural or, or you know, weather patterns like fog. <laughs> And then you just apply them to life, right? Like more and more life becomes foggy. And that's kind of a concept or um, it's, it's an expression. A forest for the trees, meaning if you're lost in the forest, everywhere you look, there's trees, trees, trees. Or if you're lost in a fog, it's thick fog. You know, you, you can get lost because you there's just trees everywhere. And if you're in the middle of those trees, it's hard to see. It's hard to get much perspective. It's hard, it's hard to find your way out. It's, you can get lost very easily. So I just thought that's a very interesting sort of, you know, line between what's real and what's not and things you can control and things you can't. Well, I think it was a very good f- attempt, first attempt at lyrics and I hope we can continue that in the future and there is actually some stuff in the works right now and on a later podcast hopefully we'll uh, explore that how did you feel when you when I sent you the first acoustic demo and you got to hear your lyrics sung for the first time it was by somebody else too it wasn't as if you sung it which would also be different I've always enjoyed singing along to a song on the radio but if it ever comes down to me actually singing it's really not something you really want so I was excited when I found, I heard the singer you were going with, and I really liked her. But it was the craziest thing. I'm used to writing, and then my words are my words. And often, once you've written them, they're in other people's hands. You can't control how they interpret them. So this was just another way of that, right? Like I, I, I had no control over it, which is a good thing. You know, she was better, her and you, at coming up with the melodies. So I pretty much wrote the words on a page, and I had no idea how they were going to come out, how they were going to sound in the end. So, yeah, I admit it was a strange thing that first time I, you sent me the song, the rough version you guys did together, and I listened back. It was the craziest thing. And your first impulse is like when you hear your own voice, it's like, ugh. You know, obviously she made them sound great, but I still knew that, at the heart of it that they, they were my words so and it's just imagining you this. weren't hearing your own voice singing them which in that sense you'd probably be more critical of the sound of the voice whereas here you just thought it sounded awesome but yeah the fact yeah. that it was your lyrics you were still critical of that po- point of it thinking you could have yeah, wrote something it's like oh or, that word that, that's the wrong word choice there or what 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 am i trying to get get across in that line of lyrics that makes no sense or nobody's going to understand what the heck I'm talking about or so it was just it's weird to think that you know you handed her this this song these lyrics that I wrote and she took them and uh, put them to music like she did and that's one other thing I wanted to point out which was interesting with the lyrics and the melody was I did kind of come up with the melody with my key, uh, keyboard to give some ideas for her we, we tried to phrase the words with the song. I did that with Carrie a bit too, actually, just kind of speaking them since I don't sing as much. But I came up with a lot of the melody on the keyboard, and it didn't... It sounded okay, but I was like, I don't know how this is going to work out. But then it kind of shows that while I did write a lot of the mel- melodic ideas, her being a, being a professional practiced singer was able to sort of adjust the melodies a bit and make them sound more human instead of just a keyboard and sort of added some of her put her own spin on some of the parts and came up with some of her own melodies as well. And I just think all that contributing with different people is neat because it's fun to do stuff all by yourself and 
do it all but this project really allowed me to to work with other people which is kind of how why it was assigned by my professor because it's a production class so he wanted us to collaborate he wanted us to to work with other people and get that experience what would you say the ingredients of a good song would be i think a good song just has to create a feeling for someone now everyone has sort of different tastes and different things that make them feel a certain way but for me if a song gives me this sort of an out-of-body kind of experience when i hear it that's that's the most important ingredient in a song i think i find for me anyway there are a lot of songs out there that i can kind of see how other people would enjoy them and why they would and i i respect them in their own way but i don't get an excitement from them i don't get a or like even a sad or happy or upbeat or just sort of relaxed feeling or whatever the feeling may be and for me that's kind of the most important ingredient if if someone can write a song and even you know a thousand people in the world versus a million people like that's just sort of a broad estimation there but even if it's a smaller group of people that it affects i think i think that's a big a big part of it also there's there's obviously melody in songs um and rhythm some songs are more melodic with vocals and stuff like that whereas others are a bit more rhythmic and have different time signatures and different stuff like that which is some of the soul stuff i'm working on whereas that song there it was supposed to be a bit simpler so it was all in four four and it was it was pretty pretty basic even though i was still trying to make give some com- complexity to it and some of that um yeah i don't know other than that i guess I find different different sounds make a good song. It's hard to be super original because there are so many songs out there, but I do like things that are somewhat unique and sort of make a band or songwriter or stand out from someone else. So I think that's another big one. And good lyrics. I'm not, again, I'm... A lot of the stuff I listened to in the past is based on instruments, even though they a lot of the music does have vocals. They almost act as an instrument more more than they do lyrics and writing. But I've tried to trying to get more into that, and I do think lyrics for most people are a big part of songs because the majority of people aren't musicians, whereas lyrics, in a sense, is just words. So and most people can kind of sing along, even if they don't think they're great singers. A lot of people still enjoy that aspect. So that's a big part of a song that I've realized more and more the older I get, even though I still also listen to a lot of instrumental music. So That's what I love about going with the theme of ingredients is, you know, anybody could cook a basic recipe. It's just when you get, it, it can be influenced by how much or how little of a certain ingredient you put in it or... You know, little things like that can have a big impact on the song. It is the same. Like, you can have someone that makes a meal, like the same meal, essentially. Like, they may have a different recipe, obviously, but they'll cook the same thing, but it's just, it's like the timing, like what you put in when, if you add the spices now or later, and if you're distracted and you're not... How much practice you have. It's almost like, yeah, it is like a song where you can cook a meal, and if you're not, it's, it's weird how that would affect it, but... If you're not as into it or you're not putting the effort in, you can throw all the ingredients together and stir them up and serve it on a plate, but it might not have the same, it might not taste as good as if it's made with a certain, I don't know what the word would be. But, uh, but the best ingredient in a song or a dish is, is if, it's made with, if it's made with love and care, whether that's Don't Look Back, the song, or pancakes, the breakfast food. Okay, here's our kitchen segment little pancakes tutorial. I'm going to attempt to make pancakes. So what all do you have out here for our listing audience? I've got flour, eggs, and milk. And in the interest of the kind of milk today, it's... It's almond milk. Almond milk, which you like. It's not totally unsweetened. There's a a little bit of sugar in it. It's not too sugary, though. So this is uh, the pancakes that we enjoy and in our family the pancakes are made a little differently 
Normally they're not sweet at all. Do you use... Uh, yeah, it's more a little salty, but not even salty the way... Yeah, not always. If you, if, you don't, if you put a bit of salt in, it, you don't really notice it. You'd have to put excess salt. But, uh, Either way, I'm going to beat up four eggs for this one. <laughs> Carrie's phone's rambling on. But. <laughs> That'll happen from time to time. I could shut it off. It'll just take a minute because I gotta beat these eggs. Mm -hmm. Or not beat them, crack them. Yeah. I'll beat them. <laughs> First you crack them, then you beat them. This is uh, sort of reminiscent of our old days recording uh, tapes. Uh, this time it's digital. It's gotta move with the times. Oh, well, I could get a. <laughs> I could do it through the Walkman. All, through the Walkman, or I could get a reel to reel. <laughs> We're going back two generations. Any generations. Whoa. Uh-oh. Tried to crack that one smoother. Might have got a piece of shell in you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a little piece of eggshell won't kill anyone. Mm, just make a crunchy, as long as it's at the edge, when you kind of get crunchy edges when you fry them. Okay, here's the fourth egg. It's making four because I'm here. Yeah, extra. Okay. That filled up the little measuring cup, so I'm gonna pour all these these shells out into the garbage. See, everybody would make them differently. So these are a family recipe on uh, our dad's side. This isn't even really isn't really a recipe because it's I don't exactly know how. Well, what I'm made them. what I'm getting at is that it's a basic recipe for these pancakes, which are different from pancakes most people eat. But obviously, Oma would have made them one way, and uh, Mom makes them her own way, and Paul or Kim. I've never really made them. Why not? <laughs> Maybe I have once. I can't remember. You never. <laughs> Carrie doesn't really cook, so. <laughs> I'm not starving. This isn't a commentary on my cooking. Uh, I just poured the... <clears throat> into the bigger measuring cup, the eggs, and then I gotta add some milk, and I gotta beat it up, the milk and the eggs, together. And then you add the flour? Yeah, then I kind of feel how far it is into the the measuring cup, how much the eggs and milk add. And then I try and fill it, that cup up just half that amount. Because you want, you kind of want half as much flour as you do liquid. Right. But then I can always add more milk or flour after if it feels like consistency is kind of weird. Right. Yeah, it's just you got to get a feel for it. And I'm not really sure how much milk to add. I don't have a recipe here. But. Yeah, you don't have actual measurements. So I don't know. I'll just pour some in with the eggs. Hopefully it's milk, not juice. You <laughs> want some blueberry? Watermelon juice pancakes. You can really hear the drip, the pouring too. Good. I never know what I'm about to add. Mm-hmm. Let me move this flour over. Then I pour this eggs and milk into the jug because I use a jug to mix the flour and everything together because it's tall and make less of a mess. Yeah, chance to make a mess. That's what I use. All of our methods. I think I'll just guesstimate here. <laughs> Whatever that means. Guess and estimate. Same. What's the difference between guess, guesstimate, and estimate? Well, I think estimating's a little more precise than yeah, guessing. Estimate's just pretty big. It's just combining the two. But when you're estimating, you're still guessing. Well, I know, but you might be using some more facts. You might have a few facts that you're using to help you estimate something. Either way, I'm just gonna <laughs> guesstimating. That's a good word. And if it the mix feels too thick, I'll just add a bit more milk. I already have four eggs. Add more egg. 
probably making a mess anyway. The flowers aren't even on the tray. I guess I should put the salt in next. <clears throat> yeah, don't forget the salt. You need sodium. I just saw another study recently that said sodium, some sodium's not as bad as previously thought. <laughs> I never do. Just guesstimate. That's enough for now. Okay, now I'm mixing this. I'm not even sure the best way. Hmm. I could beat it. Um, hmm. Or I could use a spoon. I don't really know. like to have the oil sit for a bit right. to start to heat up before I pour the first, first pancake in. I can't even talk today. But I don't know how much batter we want per pancake, so I kind of just measure it out by hand. I pour it in a cup and just use my finger to see how much is in there. I got this pan with a cup here and then the jug, so... Might put the lid on the jug, just that there's more of a spout for it to pour out. First one in the cup here. It is pretty drippy. Well, I'll get the first flip and fry and then see what it sounds like. And if we think it sounds pretty good. It, sometimes it takes a while for it to really sizzle because the first couple, the pan's not as hot. And I don't like to turn it up too high. I'm gonna make the first pour here to the pan. And you didn't hear anything. And then I do sort of Turn the pan <clears throat> to each side. So I think it might even it out a bit. So to flip it, I normally touch it first to see if I can feel that it's starting to form. I just lightly touch it because it is a inside a hot pan, but which can sometimes be a little difficult, but this feels like it's gonna be pretty good. Based by time. And the other side was pretty much cooked and I've had it on this side for a while. I might quickly touch it just because, but I think it'll be. I'm gonna grab the spatula and get this out of the pan. This stuff's getting pretty hot here now. It smells good. Really? Alright, are we ready for the second pancake? Yep. It is starting to get kind of warm over here, so I don't want, I don't think the mic's built pretty well. It'd be okay in heat. I think it's meant for that type of thing, but you don't want to be spiraling on it. And it's just, a, it's just, sometimes you pour it in the pan, it doesn't naturally spread. Some people use, like, something to spread it. Eggs, eggs do, but eggs are really thin, right. especially if they're beet, or if, right. even if there's a yolk. But here there's milk and flour, so it's more of a substance. So maybe I just don't add enough milk, maybe it's not thin enough to spread properly. The one I have on the plate right now is really tiny. Like, how do I only get this many out of this dough? I think there's probably still more dough left than I realize sometimes in these jugs. Reading. Writing. No arithmetic. Her dress in the strawberry moon. I was having bad luck anyway. So what could one day do to hurt me? Friday the 13th was a big deal in Port Dover. Motorbikes from all over congregated here on every Friday the 13th. I was drawn here 
against my better judgment. The noise and the roar were all around me as I made my way through the throngs of bikes and bikers. It was strange how this little place by the lake drew all this. My red dress stood out against my surroundings. It felt like a fitting outfit with today's strawberry or rose moon. This particular June Friday was a decent temperature. It had been hotter on other Friday the 13th motorcycle rallies. This was, however, a rare day because not only was it Friday the 13th, but it was a full moon, a strawberry moon, which astronomers could say more about than any of these bikers. They weren't here to look at the moon. It meant the beginning of strawberry season, the approaching summer solstice, or some such thing. All this chrome and leather, and I didn't know what I was doing here. This was the last day I would choose to be at a lovely little spot like Port Dover. I liked the beach and the quaint atmosphere in this Lake Erie tourist town, but I couldn't even hear myself think now. I hated these bloody things. They were loud and irritating and dangerous, as far as I was concerned. My Triscate echophobia had gotten worse as I grew older. I had a strange connection to the number 13, and yet I feared it, for some reason I did not quite understand. Hotels and apartment buildings left that floor number out. Why did they do that? I always wondered, since childhood. It was just a number, after all. But my luck had been bad on every Friday the 13th I could remember. Sure, people said it was only a number, and luck had nothing to do with it, good or bad. But they hadn't been in my shoes. So why was I here now? The noise kept me from having to think too much about my life, and on a day like this, I needed that. I came to immerse myself in this strange social experiment and to see what all the fuss was about. The roar of motorbikes surrounded me from every angle and caused a pounding in my head. The headache was a throbbing in my ears, but these bikers seemed to be oblivious to any of that. One particular biker stood against his parked bike and stared at me. Was it my red dress or my obvious look of discomfort? He seemed keenly interested in watching me there. How I didn't seem to fit in or belong in this place. But here I was all the same. I spotted her in the crowd. The red of her dress jumped out at me from amongst the sea of bikes. I had traveled around Lake Erie with a group of friends who had wanted to make the trip for a long while. This was something you definitely had to witness in person to understand what the excitement truly was all about. What brings you here? What was that? I walked away from my friends and up to the girl in the red dress without really thinking about it. It was nearly impossible. How did anyone have any kind of conversation in this environment? I grabbed her hand and led her some distance away, hoping to escape the bikes for just a moment. I felt his hand and flinched at the touch, but only resisted for a few seconds, then allowed him to walk me away from the din. The full moon seemed so close, like it was just on the horizon. It seemed shaped differently than normal. This moon only became full on Friday the 13th, on rare occasions, Unlikely that either of us would ever be here again. Was this a dream? The sound of the thousands of bikes was gone, replaced by an eerie stillness. All the stranger because I had spent the last several days riding my bike and with my friends and their bikes. I was clearly used to the noise they made. This quiet felt odd to me now, but the girl in the red dress walking along the lake next to me did not. Now the lake seemed to fall under a strange glow from the full moon, and the shore seemed to go on forever. A full moon had an effect on the water of the planet, and human beings are made up of mostly water. It felt like the waters of Lake Erie were pulling on the both of us. Had those predicted solar flares and all that had ever been said about the full moon really caused problems for people? I couldn't remember having had better luck than this, to have spotted her in red. I'd come here to face something, to let go of something. 
I had always hated motorcycles. They were loud and obnoxious things, and nobody would have expected me to come to this place on this day. Now the full moon made the face of the guy walking beside me look warm in the glow. All the noise from earlier forgotten. The crowd had evaporated, and I couldn't explain how or where everyone went. Maybe my bad luck was changing. So that was a little reading of some of Carrie's writing that we're going to start doing on the podcast when we get a chance. And um, yeah, it took a while to kind of get that how we want it, but we have it there. And yeah. How so, many takes does it take? I don't know. Eight, takes nine. Does it take? <laughs> yeah, eight, nine. However many takes you want to take. But yeah, it took a while. And yeah. So just a couple quick, quick questions on the, the story. The Triscada, how do you say the word? It's a... It's funny. I didn't even know how. I didn't even know the word before I started. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows of the fear of the number thirteen. You're scared of it, right? No. Was that about you? That that part's not true. Number. That's a story, Brian. Okay. I thought it was you. You have to work to say it because it's a long one of those phobia words. That's a long word, but if you just sound it out, trisk, aid, ek, ah, phobia. So I've got it down to a science. Did you have a fascination with that number or just more that um, superstition? Because you said you're not superstitious, but... No, it was just... Or what, like, pretty much what inspired the story, I guess. It was just two years ago, a little more than two years ago, and it was June. It's just funny that we're recording this in September, so there's another moon coming up, but it always seems like there's some sort of moon that they say won't appear again until 2043 or something. But then within another month or two, there's another kind of moon. So there's a harvest moon coming up, I guess, in September here. But um, two years ago there, it was June. And it was, I guess it was the, well, they call it um, a strawberry moon. I think they call it the rose moon, which I say in the store. But they also call it the honeymoon, you know. And then at the time, I was kind of fascinated with that term that I realized honeymoon. That's why they call when you get married and you go on a trip with your new spouse, they call that a honeymoon. So I was kind of fascinated at the time with moons and the different kind of moons. And and I liked the color red and strawberries, so I kind of liked all that. And Anyone who heard the first episode knows that, that you like the color red. Exactly. So, But yeah, no, I have no problem with the number 13. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I must have, I just came across Triskaidekaphobia. You can't even say it there. You stuttered. Triskaidekaphobia. I came across it and I hadn't known it before and I just, I did a bit of Googling on it and discovered what it was all about. And, and then the short story just came to me. That uh, was one of the first short stories I'd written on that blog. I'd had it for several months by that point. Yeah, I was going to ask where it was posted or published or whatever, like what you wrote it for. Yeah, it's on my blog and um, kkherheadache.wordpress.com. Uh, I'll um, include a link to the actual story in um, on the Facebook page because we changed it a little bit to make it sort of t- to dramatize it there like that, so... Yeah, we changed the characters so that they were speaking in in first person Present rather tense, than kind of yeah, kind of give it a bit more of a feel to it. And um, now, was there any parts of that that did resemble you, you in, the, in the thing? I know you're not a fan of motorcycles and motorbikes, but right, yeah, no, I'm not. Um, there had been talk of going to one of those rallies. I do like Port Dover and the beach, like I say, but um, no, I wouldn't necessarily want to go for that, but. It did seem at the time like an interesting idea, and the idea of the fact that I wouldn't like a place like that so loud, but I guess that might be a kind of a, a place to go if you did want to sort of drown out your own thoughts, don't you think? Yeah, I guess it could just sort of, I don't know, sometimes when you're in complete silence, people don't like that. It's kind of nice, I find, sometimes. But Well, I like the contrast um, I wrote with the beginning is the loud part with the motorcycles, and the last part is silence, and that's just sort of a contrasting feel. That, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. It just sort of came to me one June evening in 2014. Now, I also wanted to point out that it's, we kind of did it so that we were both reading it. Um, it sort of matches the uh, that there's male and female characters in the story, but it also mm-hmm. goes back to a long time ago when we started, but we've always read books together. Just, we both read Braille um, when we were reading it there. Yeah, I don't both, know if you could hear that. We were both reading on our Braille displays. We each have... So you, you can maybe, if you listen, you hear the sound of our fingers across the the dots, which are electronic, and they kind of poke out of the all the six Braille cell cells on the Braille display. I don't know. Most people haven't seen Braille display. They might not quite know what we're talking about. But. Yeah, you can look it up if you care enough. But <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we used to always read back then. It was Braille books more when we started. Like mm-hmm. there was actual like I, books of Braille. I'd read a page, you'd read a page, I'd read a page, and you know, it's something that I guess younger kids do or parents do with their kids, kind of thing, reading out loud with each other. And, and we just always sort of continued it. It was just sort of a social thing. And um, I've, I've always liked reading out loud. So. Yeah, reading out loud, you can sort of enunciate the words more, and you can make sure if there's something you can't say, you're like, oh, maybe I don't understand that. I don't know. It's just it's something we did and. So we thought doing that on the podcast would sort of add to it. And um, did you say enunciate? Sorry, not the word. sorry, I had to point that out. I'm so, now I sound word? like a word snob. Enunciate. Enunciate. You were probably thinking announce because you're thinking about <laughs> saying keeping this part in. Why? No, I feel weird. <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't have pointed it out. <laughs> yeah, but then it was on a dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, where do you want to stop? I like most of that. No, we can leave it. I guess you're never you're never really going to continue it. Is that it? Is there any sequel to the story? Or no, no, it's it's just a little short story, um, very brief, um, called microfiction. Uh, I'm just experimenting with that, and I have several other stories on my blog. Mostly, I write nonfiction on my blog, but um, occasionally I write a little short story like that. Um, I just I think it had going back to the theme of this episode of the podcast ingredients. I just think you know, tooting my own horn or whatever that weird expression is. Um, you know, it was one of my first short stories on the blog I had maybe written, but it not that many stories before. I don't know. I just, it all seemed to come together and I like it. I just think it has the ingredients, a nice, good ingredients for a short story, even though some people, like you said, did read it and they're like, that's it? What else happens? You know, what happened? Is, is there more? No, that's all there is. You know, but a short story can't have too many characters, otherwise it gets overwhelming so you know i don't announce any other motorcycle riders or any friends he went with or anyone else um so it had that and then i think i said like i said the contrast of the loud first section being loud and a place where you can drown out your thoughts and then the second part being um just quiet and still and contemplative so you know you need certain ingredients to have a short story versus you know a longer one or a novel and you know, I guess some people aren't as familiar with that genre and they would read it and think, wow, that that's incomplete or something. But it's just supposed to be a small snapshot of, of, of a scene or a place or a time. Cassette Clip of the Week. And the second ever Cassette Clip of the Week, we thought we would uh, bring in the woman who kind of did inspire this podcast, uh, Ketchup on Pancakes, uh, the one who we mentioned, I think, briefly in the other episode, uh, our Oma, who's been gone since 2010. Um so here she is, and this, this takes place during your transplant, right? Yeah, that was back in 1999, so I guess that's 17 years ago now. Over 17 years, because it was in April of 99, which is crazy. But So we just found a few funny little things that she said that day at that visit when uh, our, our brother brought her to visit in the hospital in Toronto. Brian, hi. Hi. You okay? Hi, Kerry. Look for Mrs. Pants. That was her neighbor at the time. Here, Kerry. Another bear for Brian. For Mrs. Pants. Okay. Okay. Not in the hospital, though. Huh? Kerry's not. That's a karma bear stays. Right? And she said, every little kid in the hospital needs a bear. Mm. Oh, you look good. Oh, you look nice. What you got on a new one? No, it's not new. Huh? It's not new. You playing okay? Yep. Here, Brian. Oh, you can't eat no chocolate, right? Oh, we can have some. some. He was actually supposed to eat chocolate the other night. Huh? He was supposed to have chocolate the other night, actually. Here, there's two chocolate books. Mazis? Yeah. Here, we got another word worthy. Yeah? Good. You bring the four track over here and listen to it. Mary, I got a big Kit Kat. Oh, donuts? I got two big Kit Kats. Yeah? Like real big thick ones. Brian thought it was Kit Kats. There's some chocolate chip cookies for Brian. You think it's smarties? She always brought okay. tons of stuff. Brian, chocolate chips. Food. Oh, chocolate chips. Okay? Yeah. Boy, you look better in the face. It's a Blue Ridge Mountain Steady Bear. <laughs> that's for you. That's for Tana. She gets rough with her son here. This is yours. 
What you got there? Tapes? Tape recorder. Say, give, make a message to Brian. Huh? Make a message to Brian. Just for, just for, if he's taping his transcript. Get well message. Oh. Right here, Brian. Get well pretty soon, or I'm not coming to visit you. Okay? Yeah. That was meant with love. Now that it's see, I look stupid on that thing. Now he's all on the couch beside Dad. Yes, sir. <laughs> So there you go, another retro tape, cassette clip of the week. So yeah, that was our European grandmother who believed that chocolate was an important part of um, every kid's diet. The doctor says you need to have some every day. Yeah. And I know, I know uh, dark chocolate is pretty good for you, apparently, but in, in small This was doses, kid but. cat. See, he said kid cat because when you're blind and you can't read labels, you know, you hear it and then you think it's kid cat. So I pointed that out. I think it was kind of funny, but I must have known because I had a stuffed animal named Kit Kit Cat when I was little. But yeah, we picked um, a selection of those clips, and the one at the end there was Yesri, which <laughs> she had a lot of things she often said, but that was not one of them. So it was yeah, just, just the fact that we had that on tape from her was. But it was funny, funny like, to look back. One of those things that you know our immediate family, our parents and siblings are. Re- I guess they were used to the tape recorder, but you know anybody like a grandmother or grandparent was a little bit more anytime we'd ask them to make us a message in the thing it would take a minute to explain what we wanted they'd be like what what am yeah. i supposed to do because you just shove this tape recorder in their face and they don't know and she kind of makes it known after we're finished like oh how do i i'm not going to look at that yeah good on i'm going to sound stupid in there and look stupid or sound stupid everybody or, says that her and my dad nobody likes their own voice and yeah, dad says that about him and you know most people don't like well we're voice. doing a podcast so we must be okay with our voices I don't oh, know. you got it Anyway, deal with it. There she is. And there you have it. That was episode two. Of Ketchup on Pancakes. So last time at the end we thanked Daniel and Vicky, our announcers, but I think this time we'd just like to thank Oma for inspiring this whole thing. Without the title, there's no podcast. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, feel free to catch us on Facebook and SoundCloud. It's both of those and then at Ketchup on Pancakes. Slash Ketchup on Pancakes.